Hi, welcome to Two Guys, One Girl Santa, your friendly neighborhood podcast where we come together, drink some beer, and talk about the nerdy things that we love. Uh, my name is Matt Tapia, and I am here with the rest of the Guy Girl Santa panel. Cameron, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Good, good stop at the liquor store. Did we get our, our bare necessities? Yeah, I got four bottles of Prosecco, two bottles of bourbon, a box of wine, and some airplane bottles. Just the necessities. That sounds like a good Easter brunch. <laughs> yeah, we're having yeah. an adult Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Why the why the bottle? Why the airport bottles? Are to you put trying in to... Easter eggs? Yeah. The, the oh, okay. All right. Can you well, put them in an Easter egg? We'll make them fit. Yeah. <laughs> Dump them out. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. And then you gotta, like, shotgun it. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually, well, oh, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, and uh, Nicole, how are you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm, I'm hanging in there. It's a beautiful day. Sure have, is. have you gotten out to enjoy it, or are you just stuck I here was, in the... I was able to sit outside just a couple minutes ago. That was kind of nice. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Yeah, get, <laughs> your, get your sun out. Sun's mm-hmm. out, guns out. Speaking of guns, out, Santa? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. Where's, um, where's the guns? And, are your, bice- and your biceps uh, are here, too. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're not licensed yet. Mm. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a dangerous weapon. Um, you've seen any good movies lately there, Santa? Drink your beer and then no. respond. We actually watched uh, Pacific Rim the other day. How was it? Uh, no, not, not the new one. Where, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Because the, the story was we were going to watch Pacific Rim Rising, and then last week we were going to watch Pacific Rim. But then I saw a clip from Black Dynamite, and so I was like, she hasn't seen Black Dynamite, so we watched Black Dynamite instead. No, no he asked me, it's like, do you want to watch Pacific Rim? Or do you want to watch Black Dynamite? <laughs> Dude! And so I was like, you knew, well, you it knew doesn't what, seem you knew really what the right like a choice. Was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we watched Pacific Rim, and she really enjoyed it. Or Yes, know. I do. It's a fun movie. Mm. Yeah. We'll get more into this later, but I love me some giant robots. Yeah. Ah. So uh, there was another movie that we all saw together Thursday, and that's the second part of our podcast today, the 16th episode of At Guy Girl Santa, The Sweet 16. We are going to wrap up this superhero movie comic bracket. It's taken us uh, two and a half episodes to make it through, and darn it, we're going to finish it. Got to put this thing to bed. Yeah. I, I, I want to add that it's been a lot more civil than the, the, the Disney Pixar bracket that's been floating around the internet. Oh, yeah. oh wow. really? There's been some contention there. <laughs> some, some blood on the field. Uh, I, well, I, I actually haven't heard about that, so yeah, I'll have to either. go look for it. So, uh, in the effort to be expeditious, we left off uh, the last episode with the Elite Eight, and we said, well, what can we do to make it faster? And at the bar, pre-gaming before Ready Player One... Uh, we said, let's just at least go through the Elite Eight and get to the Final Four. So we're starting off with the Final Four. So real quick, this is how we uh, went through our Elite Eight. Uh, starting off with the DC region, uh, Dark Knight and Wonder Woman, we went with Dark Knight. Uh, in the, the other Marvel Universe, not the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, we had Deadpool and Men in Black, and we went with Deadpool. Uh and in the other impressions bracket, we had, uh, what do we have? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Dread, and we went with the Turtles. And I would say all three of those were relatively unanimous. Yeah, I think we, you know, we like all these movies, but... I, I think maybe, Nicole, you, you had a run for the money with Wonder Woman, but you yeah. just got nixed from all of us, because yeah. Dark Knight I liked, is superior. I liked Logan. 
over the one we picked from the from the other Marvel oh. things. We got rid of Logan a long time ago. We did, ago. but I but I and that was the right. Thing. I was an advocate for that movie. I agree with you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the right decision. Yeah, um, the only one that was uh, slightly contentious was the Marvel Cinematic Universe region, uh, Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther. Uh, I believe Nicole, you went Black I Panther. I went Black Panther. And Cameron and I went Thor Ragnarok. We did. And Santa went... I went Thor. Well, you were going to go Black <laughs> Panther, but no, I knew that no, it was, was going to be a tie. I think I was going Thor, like, pretty much. Like. Mm-hmm. And if it had been a tie, would, Tyler, would you have gone Thor or Black Panther? It would be really tough, because both of these are really great movies, but I would have chosen Thor because it was so refreshing. Whereas a lot of these superhero movies, specifically the Marvel ones that have come out in the past 10 years, have been way too heavy. And this was something like just fun, refreshing. You got to see a whole different side of uh, whatever his name is. Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Like, it was fun, fun, great soundtrack. Black Panther was also great, but I would definitely choose Thor. Well, thank you for not saying that you chose Thor just because you thought he was super hot. Well, yeah. and, you know, protecting your Some things go here. without saying. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, quickly go through our final four picks. And I'm going to start with the winners of the DC and other Marvel Universe uh, matchup, Deadpool and Dark Knight. Um, two really great films, did well the box office. Uh, how about we start with Cameron? What do you think? Um, that's tricky because uh, humor is important, and mm-hmm. Deadpool is really funny. Um, but uh, Dark Knight is kind of like I think we all agree, and it's been discussed in you know the previous podcast. Dark Knight is kind of like the highest, you know, the closest any of these movies have gotten to art. You know, so you're gonna go with Dark Knight. I'm gonna go with Dark Knight. Santa, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I enjoy that movie more. Because you like the F word. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the anal sex. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say it with your wife there. Yeah. But yeah, 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 the, uh, the, uh, you know. Well, I actually was pegging, but. All <laughs> uh, right. All of the sexual that. fetishes yeah. uh, you're all about. So on that note, uh, Nicole, which one do you like? <laughs> Not for the same reasons, but I'm also going to pick Deadpool. Um, just because I think it did more with less in That's many ways than one. It had a super small budget. Ryan Reynolds has already been in a, bad a bunch of crappy superhero yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. We've had a bunch of Batman movies before, and some of them have been really good, but this is the first standalone Deadpool movie we have, and it's the first where Deadpool's been um, unleashed. Unleashed mm-hmm. and not what he was in that one movie, mm-hmm. which also had Ryan Reynolds in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just can't quit Deadpool. And so, so uh, I am going to choose The Dark Knight for all the reasons that I have already said in episode 14 and 15. If you mm-hmm. want to know what those reasons are, go back to those episodes. And we have our official tiebreaker uh, necessity and tiebreaker Tyler <laughs> Deadpool. Or Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Okay. All right. It's like, I feel like that's a good movie by itself. Mm-hmm. Deadpool was too hyped by the time I saw it. It was okay. like everybody was talking about it like it was the second coming. And I was just like, it, it was funny, but... It was, it was really funny. You were a dirty joke in your head, weren't you? There, there's a lot of great <laughs> jokes when we think about the, about the Deadpool. 
So Dark Knight advances to the finals. We move on to the winner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor Ragnarok, and the other impressions winner, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is the 1990 version, just to be clear. And uh, you know what? I am going to defer to Nicole first. So I'm going to pick Thor Ragnarok for this. Mm. Um, Ultimately, the way I pick movies mostly is I I appreciate kind of their artistic content, but also I appreciate... I'm always going to go with the one I enjoyed more or the one that made me laugh or smile the most. um, That's definitely Thor Ragnarok. All right. Santa? This is tough. It is a tough one. Like, this is why I didn't decide to pick first. Like, like, it's my childhood versus my my adulthood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my geekdom, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go with Thor Ragnarok here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I will be brave and, and go third. Uh, just because... I, on any given day, I could pick one over the other. Because I know who is in the finals already i'm going to pick the one that i think that has the best matchup uh and that's going to be teenage mutant ninja turtles so oh. i'm gonna go the dark route Ooh. yeah so two one cameron where do you land um this is difficult for me as well um i think the ninja turtles movie is great at the same time i don't think we ought to act like it's you know the perfect movie it holds mm. up but it's not like it's flawless um <laughs> And Thor, I like. I laugh more at Thor than I have at like pretty much any comedy I've seen in the last few years too. So, uh, just in, on terms of pure entertainment basis, I'm gonna go with Thor. Thor advances to the national championship on a on a squeaker there, last minute three point shot. Uh, you know what? If in we need to go back to that. We did that chart, and I don't know if we'll ever get to it. Maybe one day where we kind of charted out the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and which ones we thought best. I'm not really sure if we thought that Thor Ragnarok was going to be at the top, but I think it got one seated because it yeah. was ranked yeah, highest among the four. I took the, right? aver- I took the average of our four, mm-hmm. how yeah. we ranked them, and that was the. I charted out our favorites on there, and overall, Thor Ragnarok was the highest rated. Most people, ha- everyone, had it in their top. Five. Most okay. people had it in their top two or three. Interesting. So. Yeah. I didn't know if it was just a matchup problem or what. Uh, all right. So for the national championship round, uh, Cameron, Thor Ragnarok, and Dark Knight. Who do you have winning the uh, superhero? You're putting me on the spot. comic movie bracket. Flying without a net. Yeah. Um. I. It's like, do I like laughing more or thinking more? Mm-hmm. Uh. I'm going to go with Dark Knight, but that's almost like a coin flip in my head. So, mm. I'm going to fall back on Heath Ledger died for this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's too bad they were going to tip it the, one the way the or the other. Match, tip it towards the, the man who died for his art. All right, fair enough, Dark Knight. Um, man, so you, because of that comment you just made... <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I am now no no now I'm actually going to pick Thor Ragnarok. Okay. I love the Dark Knight. I will watch it all mm-hmm. over again. But if I think about what it is that we're competing for, the superhero movie comic bracket, I just in the in the pool of the movies that we have, a lot of these movies are you know it's about fun, it's about action, it's about heroism, and there's a little bit of a of a Debbie Downer sometimes when it comes to Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. It was clearly maybe the more thematic, more serious, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to go rogue and go Thor Ragnarok. So, uh, Nicole, you're up. 
Um, I also love both these movies. And for me, you know, they're, they're both very thoughtful movies with a lot of stuff to think about or consider or appreciate. Lots of little details. Um, but I'm going to go with Thor Ragnarok as well. I appreciate that they brought in, like, the Planet Hulk stuff. I thought that was cool. Um, the villain wasn't as good as Heath Ledger, but, um, ultimately, I didn't really like their Batman that much. Alright, yeah. <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth is the much better main, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I loved the, like, oh, just, there's so many little details you can go into, like, Jeff Goldblum, Carl mm-hmm. Urban's character, which broke my heart. It was mm. so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, Valkyrie was awesome. There's lots of layers you, to it. There's lots yeah, to appreciate that you can peel back and keep thinking about afterwards. You could say that movie kind of happened around Christian Bale, you know. And I don't really like Christian Bale. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's definitely uh, Chris Hemsworth and Thor Ragnarok. All right, Santa. I'm gonna go with Thor here. Ah. Oh, okay. No. No tiebreaker, Tyler. Tyler. We yeah, have our official Thor. winner. Do we, do we want to hear Tyler's? It would have been Thor. Okay. Yeah. Come on. It's a superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah. Batman. You know, it's it's it. That's a movie movie, and then we're talking about superheroes. Here, right. Like, yeah. You know, it's like that's uh, not to knock him mm-hmm. just for being a, a a mere mortal. Right. You know, but Thor's the I think god. Think we of could Thunder. also fault uh, Dark Knight. For breaking the DC MCU by making Warner Brothers like think they had to be super dark and gritty at all times. It's a really good in point. Order to you know make a good movie and and to be different than Marvel yeah, Cinematic yeah. Universe. Like they're, they're trying to rely on things that worked in that one movie. Uh oh, who's at the door? I don't know who is at the door. I can't see. Did we have an unexpected special, special guest? What? It's Charity. She bought us Amazon, Amazon Prime. Okay. Well, so, so Charity, yeah. just to be fully honest, we are recording a podcast. You're you're on the air, so right now. you're on the digital air that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, All right. the future air. All right. Well, um, bye. Yep. With her yeah. Uh, we were just deciding our superhero movie bracket. We had a, our final matchup was uh, Thor Ragnarok and The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger's Joker. So, what do you think, Charity? Well, what have you picked? Out of those two movies, mm-hmm. Thor or Dark Knight? Yeah. yeah. Thor Ragnarok, the last one. I didn't see the it. Funny so one. I had to go Dark Knight. Okay. All right. You didn't see it, so. Yeah, I Thor didn't see the other movie, to watch. so. Yeah. Tough, okay. tough to yeah. Also, one other thing. Ultimately, Chris Hemsworth had much more character development. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just. It was his best Thor movie. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. They took something that was average and made it great. I mean, it's probably Chris Hemsworth's best movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, except possible. for the reboot of the Ghostbusters, but we won't go into that <laughs> right. today. All right. But speaking of really good movies that we've seen recently, I guess we saw Thor Ragnarok not too long ago, but we did see another great movie Thursday that I know Nicole was looking forward to, and that was Ready Player One, based off of Ernest a book Cl- by... Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein. Um, so, because, and Cameron, you didn't read the book, or did you? I have not read the book. Okay, so, we're gonna let, sort of, Nicole drive this ship, and kind of, uh, set set the scene for us with the Ray Player One. Um, uh, what'd you think? What, what, what are we gonna talk about with, with this Steven Spielberg flick? I, 
I got I got some talking points for you guys, but um, for everyone else, Ready Player One's a movie that came out this year. I think the book came out about eight or so years ago. Um, it was kind of a pop culture phenomenon when it came out, but it was um, it's basically the story of a guy named Wade Watts living in the the, re the near future, and in the near future. The popular thing that everyone does is go into this VR world called the Oasis. Mm. And in the book, it's not just like for fun. It's also like all school work is done in the Oasis. Like your classes are all in there and most people's jobs. So it's like... Oh, really? Mm -hmm. They didn't really explain that in the movie no, at all. Can you explain how people do regular jobs in the Oasis and how like it's a source of revenue? Wade's like a school kid, so they don't uh -huh. focus so much on that, but people sell things in the Oasis just like you would to a vendor normally in a video game. Only. Uh -huh. But like his school takes place on a certain planet on the Oasis. Yeah. And so he the goes... The school planet, I assume. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he goes there, and, you know, that allows him to go on, like, different field trips and stuff while they're on there, so. Mm. Um, but the the guy who created the Oasis died and didn't leave, didn't name anyone as his heir. Halliday. Halliday, yes. Okay. And so what Halliday did was, instead of, you know, leaving it to be um, bought up by someone else or something like that, he set three clues spread throughout his virtual world. And the first person that got all three keys from the clues would inherit everything in the Oasis. Hmm. And so, did, they, did they specifically refer to the Easter egg, right? Because yeah. It's mm -hmm. the, you get the three keys to unlock, get the, unlock yeah. the Easter egg. Mm -hmm. So, um, obviously, that uh, spurs a lot of interest from uh, other corporations, too, who want to be able to control this thing that controls people's lives. So... Um, the main antagonist, so to speak, is this company called IOI that um, just pays a bunch of people to go in and um, just like throw themselves at the clue to try to solve it as fast as possible. They're basically hired guys. Yeah, mm -hmm. sheer manpower mm -hmm. over like everything else. And um, like they're as a beyond trying to win this prize, they're a company that like makes stuff that's is sold and used in the Oasis, right? Mm -hmm. Like his his. VR suit was made by IOI, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were even making a comment, or I don't know if it made it in the book or not, but like, well, once we, you know, get the Oasis, this is going to be our new product line that we're going to introduce yeah. for for whatever virtual reality thing. Well, the the problem with that company too is that um, I forget exactly how it works out, but you can indebt yourself to them. And then the only way to work it out is to go, kind of like how they showed where mm -hmm. she was in that little... Um, the little Artemis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're not a very ethical company, and it's implied that they're going to do not very ethical, ethical things to the, the world that people inhabit now. So they, they, they briefly touched upon this, and, 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 I, and I'll go, come back to that later, but this was one question I had was, is... Was it, was it one big thing, or was it just a series of events, Nicole, where basically things had gotten so bad that they decided to start living their life in the VR? They don't really explain that too much, I don't think. No. But, um, but, but, which, I mean, the, the book is not that good. The book? <laughs> it's hard. The book is poorly, is poorly written. The book is, it's not a, it was, it's a fun book, let me put it that way. I read it okay. in, like, two days. Um, okay. So... 
they, there's not a super amount of world building like this that like we're talking about. Okay, but that's interesting because see the premise of it made me think it was like one of those like you know almost like brave new world thinking society well, yeah new, it, new world it, kind of it is kind books. of like post-apocalyptic but they right. don't really explain what started that or okay. why why it made it that it, way. it didn't matter yeah, that much. yeah it, so it doesn't matter you, you could almost say it's like a a kind of like a de facto sequel to like uh, idiocracy yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah i think this is actually one of the rare examples where the movie it's it makes a much better movie than it does a book mm-hmm. um seeing these things is much more effective than writing them out in a sentence throwing out all you know russian joust and all these other things every couple words so this movie was directed by steven spielberg uh which is actually kind of funny because we were just talking about dawson's creek's 20th anniversary <laughs> and dawson was a big steven spielberg director fan even though people thought that he wasn't um that great of a director to admire uh, uh cameron are, are you a spielberg fan uh i like his movies i mean i don't think I, I i know i haven't seen all of them but i mean um et is amazing he did he did close encounters of the third kind right? yep yep amazing like i i like many of his films there was actually a really good uh uh documentary on spielberg uh on hbo mm-hmm. i think it was just called spielberg and they they talked just about kind of his history and didn't talk in deep about every single film that he made but talked about you know the major ones yeah, he did Jurassic Park also, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there was just a lot of uh, a movie Santa where, uh, you know, he wasn't the director, but but he was a heavily influence on. The yeah. ones I can think of is Goonies, uh, Back to the Future. Um, like anything with like special effects stuff. I mean, like him and Lucas were you know, really good friends and they would do like mm-hmm. movies together. And stuff. Mm-hmm. He's friends with like Peter Jackson too, right? I'm sure. I'm sure I think everybody wants to be friends. Well, he's a well liked person in, yeah, in the guy. in the industry. I've never seen, like the whole like scene with King Kong is definitely supposed to be King Kong. Oh, totally. Not Donkey Kong, because um, yeah, it's yeah. like a shot that mirrors almost exactly the Peter Jackson one. One hundred percent. And so one of the things that I appreciate about Steven Spielberg films, and he 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 does this in almost every single one of one of the films that either he. Uh, produces or executive directs is he he does what I call the Spielberg intro, which is in the first ten minutes of the movie uh, explain everything that you need to know about the world and the people who you need to care about, um, and that will set the ball rolling, so to speak, to you know finish everything else out in the movie. And sure enough, within eight or nine minutes, um, the introduction that they did. Of, of the main character Wade and the Oasis and the VR world and you know like you said Nicole it didn't really matter how they got stuck in this you know mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic society they're just there now and everybody's living it and we're all going for you know eternal wealth with mm-hmm. finding the Easter egg mm-hmm. so that's that's one thing that I definitely enjoyed about the movie how did it fare for you having read the book yeah, um, for me, I I think it was better than the book. Um, it's almost nothing like the actual book. Like, there, there's a, a wide variety of differences. They basically just took the idea of Halliday's um, contest and the characters and 
that's it basically none of the clues were the same some of them were kind of similar but they were there's differences then um they don't actually meet up until the very end so all the the the, the, yeah, high five the high five group. yep so like H in, the, is, in the real world you in mean. the real world yeah. yeah so h's reveal as being a woman was a big deal and it was like in the last couple pages hmm. um same with uh, artemis and her the port wine stain on her face her avatar actually looks exactly like her, but without the birthmark on her face. So mm. That's the big, the big thing uh. there. Um, I think Daito dies in it, and um, he, is Daito the young one or the old one? The old one. Okay. Um, you don't actually see what the young one looks like. It's you can't really tell how young he is. It's just that it's his little brother. Mm-hmm. But they, they say that he's eleven years old. I don't think they say he's much. eleven. Okay, um, but they. They also are nowhere near each other in the real world. Um, yeah, that was a little silly how they were all like within ten blocks of each other. Yeah, like, yeah. like uh, Sho and Daito are in Tokyo, and right. the rest of them are spread all across the U.S. And that's why they only meet up at the end in person. Like, every every the, the fate of the world is uh, you know in Columbus, Ohio. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they Which, try and explain that a little bit by saying it was like the biggest yes. nexus of people ever. Or something. That's yeah. where he right. was from, or that's, that's, Holiday that's, was from, or something. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of um, the book, he starts out in uh, like Oklahoma, I think, mm-hmm. and then moves to Columbus because he gets a bunch of money after solving the first couple clues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to ask you guys, did it live up to? Because I know I've been excited about this movie ever since the trailer started coming out. Did I hype it too much? I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I went into it knowing only as much as they explained in the first 10 minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I, I'm definitely a fan of what I think has become a big thing in the last couple of years. If you look at like shows like Stranger Things uh, and, and even Westworld to some degree, uh, you know, one, having throwbacks to old nostalgia, and also, two, having this element of, you know, you know, living your life in a video game has become a popular thing. Cameron, what, I mean, did it leave up to your... What were you yeah, expecting? Um, I didn't really have any expectations. I mean, you kind of told me the premise, um, and the trailers, you know, looked good. I was a little worried it would just be, like, super, like, pandery without kind of making it make sense and just like throwing up references out of nowhere that didn't you know have anything to do with anything but no it was fun and uh i had it was it was a good time at the movie theater for sure santa up to your expectations you have high ones i know oh yeah i went when i went i went in with kind of very low expectations because my my whole issue with that kind of movie was where there's going to drown us in references easter eggs and then and cover up a a, a poor story we thought yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh it you know it it definitely exceeded my expectations uh it the, the plot was kind of like very cliche and, and and but it was it was a fun ride yeah you know, that was, i i thought yeah. i thought the plot was really really strong until they got to the third clue mm-hmm. and then things seemed kind of rushed um, mainly because there was so much time and not a lot of time, but just the right amount of time to sort of kind of figure out, you know, how you know how to uh, figure out the first uh, clue and win the first key, 
and then the fit, understanding the the second clue and what that meant and unlocking that, um, and then the, and then all of a sudden the third one is just like yeah oh I found the portal yeah and so we already know what we're doing and we just have to go and and do this thing and yeah we have to still figure out this one little thing but it's pretty damn obvious what right. you have to do they rushed it because like the the third you know word playing the the game that they played seemed like it didn't matter to where they did it because uh, planet doom whatever was the yeah. first planet you see yeah. out, you know in the, yeah. in, the, in, the begin, in the beginning that's where we meet h you know and mm-hmm. it's like oh okay mm-hmm. yeah um i feel like the ending both rushed and dragged like they were dragging out the parts where like once he he wins and gets the third key it's just like between him, you know, solving the puzzle and, you know, winning the key and actually, like, giving the keys to the kingdom, it was, like, all this exposition and, like, yeah. there was, they were trying to inject intensity, like, emotional intensity and There was that unnecessary scene where it's like, oh, that's me as a little kid, Halliday, yeah, right. and I'm just like, did we really need to see that? Yeah, what is all this, yeah. Yeah, you and could have saved was, some money by not paying that actor. Right. I mean, and in the real world, um, you know the bad guy has like finally found Wade and is holding a gun on him and then just doesn't kill him for kind of no reason. Yeah. It's like, did, did, did that happen in the book, Nicole, where, where it was it like, he any... pulled a gun on him? None of that? No. Okay. Yeah, I mean. That I... was just for like, I think for the movie to. Yeah, but okay, but if they did that, then why not have, you know, somebody important just like, Stop him from yeah. shooting the whole, them. The whole car Not... thing didn't happen in the book. Uh-huh. What? The whole scene where they're in the car running. Oh, okay, the the the, uh, the mailbox van or whatever mm-hmm. it was. The, okay. the UPS van, they called it. Yeah. They, I mean, you know, uh, that character, the bad guy's character, I forget his name, would not just, like, once he knew he was defeated, he wouldn't just be like, well, there's no point in me killing this kid, so I guess I won't. He would kill him out of spite right there on the spot. Yeah. And so if they're going to have that happen, you know, he blo- he detonated a whole stack of trailers in that guy's home. Mm-hmm. And then he goes there, and they all know who he is and what he did. They, they tell him so. So why would you not have, like, all of the people living in that community revolt and kick his ass? And that's how he doesn't end up shooting Wade, you know? And it, it was clear, one, he didn't represent the spirit of, of who Halliday would want to take right. over his company. And two, he he was not, you know, he, he, he wasn't like everybody else that was trying to win the game. He was just doing it, you know, purely for, 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 money. for, for money. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought there was an opportunity to, you know, have that be his foil a little bit when it was sort of just like, all right, I'm just so frustrated with these damn kids, I'm just... Give me a gun, and I'm going to chase after them and shoot them. Right. It just didn't seem like in his character. What um, else you got? So Ernest Klein's book was definitely way more 80s than this movie was. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of the first clue is a good example of that. Instead of navigating through like a slew of deadly object ob- obstacles, um, Parsville has to beat an Oasis version of the Tomb of Horrors campaign in Dungeons and Dragons. And the final boss fight is where he has to play against the boss in a game of Joust. 
Oh. Uh, did you ever play Joust? I had no idea what Joust was Joust, before I read that book. Joust, they were in, he was, it was like you, you were on like an ostrich or yeah. like some, <laughs> some big bird, right? I have heard of this game, but I've It was an Atari it. game. Yeah. Uh, I played it, I've seen it, oh, not played it, I've seen it in arcades. Like, I, I've definitely played it. In random laundromats. It was yeah. a really good game. So, uh, yeah. Like, do you think it's, it would have been better if it had been as 80s as the book had been or is it better that they kind of threw in a lot more 90s things i mean i think the thing well it could have been more 80s like they're like they kept talking about uh john hughes movies but there was really no evidence of them in the world so i think in those ways it could have been more 80s but Mm -hmm. if they had had dungeons and dragons like Dungeons and Dragons is like the you're, you're, it's your imagination that creates that story. So if they were to visually portray that, it probably would have just looked like him participating in a Lord of the Rings knockoff, yeah. and, how and that bo- wouldn't look eighties. It know? also would have been super boring to watch him play Joust like thirty times in a row. Right? Yeah. Totally. It's an eight bit game or something like that. What are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Think? You look like you oh, had some yeah, important. No, I, I understand why they they because like the only thing eighties about that movie was the music. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, there was definitely no '90s music. It was, yeah, it was Van Halen and Aha, and mm-hmm. uh, and then all the like. There were more pop culture references to you know stuff from the '90s and, and the aughts than there were even even recent stuff. Like I mean, Tracer gets yeah. shown like two or three times. Mm-hmm. She's a character in this game, Overwatch. That's mm-hmm. really popular. Yeah, I thought that it was weird how prominent. Like, it's one thing to have that character show up once because there was. Just everything was a reference, essentially. Like mm-hmm. the whole movie, everybody's avatar was a reference to something. But it just seems like Bungie probably paid some money to have her no, in there Blizzard. three times, or Blizzard paid some money to have her in there two or three times. Yeah, Lara Croft was in there three times at least. Oh, I don't know if I saw Lara Croft. I even remember hearing that she was in there, but I don't know mm-hmm. if I saw her. Yeah. She was like brutally in the in the cars, uh, mm. getting into her car uh, yeah. during that first race scene. This- the second challenge would have been even more boring because he has to perfectly recite um, the whole movie called War Games. <laughs> oh, really? Matthew yeah. Boderick. And, uh... He has to, instead of going to, like, uh, The Shining and the Overlook Hotel, he has, that's part of the first challenge. Man, so it would have been really boring for him to <laughs> recite all of War Games. Well, and, and I love that film. It's a great film. Like, just recount the plot as well? He ha- he's... He drops into, like, Matthew Broderick's perspective, and he has to perfectly act it out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you can't <laughs> do that. <laughs> well, I mean, you can There could... was one or two scenes that just immediately came to mind in the War Games thing that would have been fun to see him in act out. Which is interesting to see, like, the difference between the book and the movie in that regard. Like, like how did Spielberg decide to do The Shining? Mm-hmm. Right. Is Stephen King... So, I, I, I thought The Shining was... So, so first off, when I... The, the car chase scene reminded me of a lot of like Grand Theft Auto type mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we gotta have the race and that sort of thing, which is to me, it's a very nice thing. But The Shining, I thought, was just amazing. Just the the effects they did to recreate that world to the smallest little detail, I thought was just amazing. Yeah, they really nailed. I thought that was maybe one of the strongest scenes in the whole movie. It was funny because it, it was so funny, though. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> watching poor H, like, stumble through it, not knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So. Calling up the elevator. And, you you and, <laughs> you know, what's funny was is we had talked about The Shining uh, when we did the Stephen King's It review. I think it actually won the the movie bracket. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, I mean, just, you know, the, the, the twin uh, 
or not they're not twins, but the sisters, the Grady yeah. sisters, and the elevator full of pool, and the two, room two thirty seven, and yeah, having a H just sort of just stumble through it. Yeah, was was really really great. Um, so wow, so. I mean, like, how many times did he have to do in the book till he finally did it right with War Games? I don't... I, I read it in 2015, but, um... I, I think he got it right, because, like, in the book, he's, like, a total holiday nerd. That's mm-hmm. what he does, is he spends his free, his free time just... So, and uh, they, they, they made that a big deal in the book, that in to really, really solve this game, you had to understand what meant... A lot to Halliday, mm-hmm. and I, th- I think they said the movie took place in 2047, 2045. Okay, in 2049. the 2040s. Yeah, a good 60 years past the decade that Halliday seemed to care the most about. Mm-hmm. So they they had to do a lot of research. They definitely made a big deal out of IOI, just doing nothing but nonstop research, and. The main character, Wade, would often go to the Halliday Museum so he could learn a lot about what meant a lot to Halliday. So, yeah, that was that seemed to be a really important thing, that you had to know that culture in order mm-hmm. to win the game. I wish they had explained in the movie, because they basically said some guy figured out a, the first clue and unlocked a portal, and that's how the race showed up. Oh. And they didn't really explain so, that at all in the that's movie. That's not the case in the book at all. I think mm-hmm. they just wanted to have a cool race scene. But like yeah, the cut to the chase kind of thing. The, the portal to get to the, the, the D&D campaign, just, it's on his school planet. And ah. he, he reasons through it and then finds the little place where it's at and then... Um, that's where he meets Artemis, who figured it out just before him, but she's uh-huh. bad at Joust, so she can't beat Joust. Ah, I see. But he can, so. Mm. Um, so, it's almost Easter. It is. And I, everybody got their new Easter outfit? It looks like Santa's got some new pants. Mm. So the birds don't poop on them. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever heard that expression? Like, you're no. supposed to get a... You're supposed to wear something new on Easter, or else the birds poop on you. I did not. That's know at least that. what my mom always used to say. Maybe that was just her way yeah. of getting me to wear a new Easter outfit. That might be a Mama Taffy um, original. But Easter eggs are a big deal in this movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Easter eggs can also just be references to fun things. So, what were what was your favorite Easter egg in this movie? Hmm. I liked the reference to the Terminator. That was a good one. Done by the Iron Giant. Although I have to point out that was '90s. Terminator Two came out in the '90s. Yeah, but we already talked about yeah, yeah. that. Well, there was, it's, a lot it's, it's was so way what? More. What was it? I think I know what you're talking about. Is the, the... yeah, when the Iron Giant dies at the during the climactic battle, he falls into lava and does a thumbs up as he is absorbed by the lava, just like and I, Terminator. I, I think they they played like the Terminator theme music. Oh, did they? I and didn't I, and I think that. they they were very cautious to to do when they had throwbacks that they wanted you to sort of pay attention to. They would throw in the theme song of that movie. So the music was really important to all. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, mine, there was a lot. Uh, the one that that I I was trying to look for one that was like more subtle. Um, and when they were in H's uh, like shop, and they're talking about Artemis, uh, and of course, you know, uh, uh, you know Wade or whatever the main character's avatar is, um, where uh, drives the DeLorean, mm-hmm. and 
in H's shop, there is a poster that says, you know, vote Mayor Goldie Wilson, which oh, was the, the, cool. the callback from the original Back to the Future. Yeah. So that, I thought, was a very small, you know, very subtle Easter egg that they threw out there. What about you, Santa? Did you catch any? There, there was, was a lot. Uh, there was a lot of, yeah. Uh, not necessarily a favorite, but it was like the, the one that I stuck out of my mind was the the whole Chuck E. Cheese thing. Oh. oh. He talked about this after. So I, like, I, you mentioned you know, that be, after, and I didn't, I didn't get it as much as you did. So explain it. Explain it. Well, he I said, love Chuck E. Cheese. He said, yeah, he said that uh, Chuck E. Cheese was uh, Holiday's favorite oh, place. Oh, that's right, yeah. Chuck E. Cheese started in, in, in the, the late 70s, early 80s, uh, but out in the West. Everywhere else was showbiz pizza. Right. And, and in 84, showbiz bought Chuck E. Cheese. And then, Wasn't it the other way around? No, no. Showbiz bought oh. Chuck E. Cheese. And then just rebranded as Chuck E. Cheese. And then rebranded as Chuck E. Cheese in the 90s. Oh, uh, okay. So, um, and, and th- I mean, there was tons of them in the the opening scene with Planet Doom. It seemed yeah. like everybody was assuming an avatar of a, you know, of a brutal killer. So, like, there was, like, you know... Freddy from uh, Friday the 13th, oh, no, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And, but Jason was there too from uh, Friday the 13th. They and also I, had, what's his name from Starcraft? I forget the guy, the main the main character in Starcraft. Oh, they from had Starcraft uh, to the, the, the human or Terran dude. Yeah, yeah the guy yeah, with yeah. the beard. Mm-hmm. They had him the, on the Doom Planet. I like I liked they had the, the Chucky bomb. Oh, and that yeah. Chucky just, oh, oh man, it's oh, Chucky! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite part was the during the final battle. I kept leaning over to Santana and going, "I think they're about to bring out the Gundam." <laughs> that was cool. I I like that because I I knew that was part of the book. Is like Daito gets a, he has a special trinket that allows him to transform into a monstrous creature, but only for thirty seconds, and he chooses mm-hmm. a Gundam and then like kicks ass. Yeah. So you all played a lot of World, War, World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely didn't. How, how much of the game sort of reminded you of, of playing a game like WoW or other games that are similar to that? Mm, some. I mean... It, it, remind, it just reminded me of Chinese Gold Farmers. Yeah, so yeah. IOI. Just, mm-hmm. So Chinese Gold... Like, gold, you know, it's money in the game. So they would... Farm gold in game and sell it in real in real life mm-hmm. to to people and then so that's, that's yeah so keep their and it would inflate the in the economy and just like ruin and there was basically companies or people I don't know how organized they were but there's people in China who would do that they would uh, they were like living. organized people that yeah. were trying yeah. to mm-hmm. screw up stuff or no, no, no it wasn't, wasn't screwing it up they were just like doing stuff that anybody can do in the game to earn. Credit, getting credit, yeah. gold in and the game. And I, yeah. a rich guy in America, could go to a website and give them like a hundred U.S. dollars, and they would give my character in game fifty thousand gold or something. Oh, yeah. so it's like paying somebody to be like almost like your Twitter followers, or, no, or no, it's, yeah, well, it's paying somebody to give you in-game currency, yeah. paying somebody to play the game for you, basically, basically, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, play the game, uh, for you. and then so like, and then like Blizzard would constantly have to ban. Uh, these these farmers, but then they would just come right back. So yeah. just you know, whenever they in that scene when they were they would get killed, the IOI people would get yeah. killed, and they just move on to the next station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then respawn. That's that's what. So yeah. what? Why would the that be? I mean, I get it. Why it would be a bad thing in the world where you're trying to like win a game that's going to mm-hmm. give you ultimate wealth? But why does that matter so much? And 
wow is it just against the ethics of what yeah Blizzard i mean people people or? when you can pay real life money to win the game all of a sudden it's just like you're the, the rich guy can just it's win the, the pay, to win, okay. pay to win yeah. concept you see a lot in mobile games now yeah people okay. hate pay to win if they want to play the game for yeah. fun you know? oh yeah, yeah so oh yeah well, well like there's, uh, there's rankings involved you know and then Oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I get it now. So like, it's also kind of exploitive too because yeah. they're not paid a lot to yeah, you could, spend hours like mm-hmm. farming herbs and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, when WoW was at its peak, WoW Gold had an exchange rate that was like made of the tenth most valuable currency in the world or something. That's wild. Yeah, like it was because it was its value was tied to the U.S. dollar. Right. Um. So there's there's a lot of reasons why if you if you're if you're especially if you're blizzard and you're not getting a cut off of those transactions you do not want that going on mm. so one one thing i noticed you guys have talked about is how much you like the music and the different musical cues that would appear mm-hmm. and reference other things that were also being referenced at that time but this is one of the rare steven spielberg movies that was not composed by john williams mm. yes so can you name uh any of the other movies that weren't composed by John Williams. Ooh. Oh, Because there's only dang. like two or three other ones, right? This is the fourth one okay. that hasn't been composed by John Williams. Damn. These are movies he directed. These are movies that he directed. Schindler's List. That's That was my what, first guess. Schindler's List is John Williams, yes. Oh. oh. You are wrong. Um. Santana is out. <laughs> Who's next? There's Man. 33 I Steven can, Spielberg movies. I should have looked this I up. I can think of all that. quite a few Steven Spielberg movies, but I'm like sure John Williams did all of them. Because he did Forrest Gump, and he did, uh, whatchamacallit. Uh, that was Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. Oh, Robert Zemeckis did Forrest Gump? My yeah. Bad. Oh. I, I'm, I'm a noob then. Which uh, was also a reference to the movie, but... Yeah, there's Zemeckis Cube. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. <laughs> Where you go back in time. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he did back That was very clever. Right I was like, why are they calling it Zemeckis Cube? Why wouldn't they just call it a Rubik's Cube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what about... Um, Wet Hot American Summer. Hmm. <laughs> what about... Uh, oh, uh, 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 the one with uh, the, the car. American Graffiti. Uh, no, 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 no. That was George Lucas. The, the one where it's the... the the guy's in a car and he's being chased by a truck and you never really see who's driving the truck. Oh, I don't know. Come on, Maximum Overdrive? No. <laughs> I, I know that movie, but I don't know the name of it. Yeah. that's. I'm that... going to need a title to give you credit. Oh can can, I, can During... I look up the title? I will give you time to look up the title. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this isn't trivia well, time. I, all I'm going to do is I'm going to Google uh, Spielberg uh, car... Uh, movie uh truck okay uh duel that is one of them yes, oh, wow. yes. <laughs> duel yeah. you guys want to know what the other two are sure, sure. the color purple oh, ooh okay. Whoopi Goldberg and, and uh yeah. Bridge of Spies oh yeah that uh, came out a couple couple years with Tom Hanks right couple 2015 years. Yeah. Okay. yeah apparently uh John Williams was busy doing the score for the post I see. I did Makes not sense. have time to do this one, but um, I that was a good trivia question. Oh, oh, okay, he was doing okay, he was doing their post while mm-hmm. instead of doing Ready Player yeah. One. Yeah, that's a good one. So, and it was uh, was Alan Silvestri did the music for yeah, Ready so. Player One. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I I Spielberg always does really good 
music choices, and I, I thought he did a fantastic job, especially in this movie where it counted a lot. He seemed to be like the, I was thinking like the, the 80s, like some of the, like the, the high tension moments, like that, that, that 80s quinti- you know, quintessential sound you hear all the time, mm-hmm. like the synthesizers yeah. and yeah. Like in the Goonies, I mean, that's like all over, you know, that, that, that sound is there. So mm-hmm. one thing uh, I read in the Entertainment Weekly article uh, about Ready Player One was, I guess the book probably had some more direct references to Spielberg movies, and when he agreed to do the film, he wanted to take a lot of those out, because he didn't want to necessarily, I guess, be pandering to his own yeah, movie history. he didn't want to make it seem like he was um, an ass. Which I can kind of appreciate, but I mean, dude, then why did you sign up for the movie? Uh, I mean, because he was perfect. Like the concept. Well, he was yeah. perfect for it, but I mean, but people people know who he is. He doesn't need to advertise who he is. I mean, yeah, I, I as, it, as it was, there was plenty of Spielberg references. You well, know? okay, so, so I think it what he wanted to do was skew it more towards a modern audience, anyways, because mm-hmm. most of those references were older. So yeah. one thing they did mention in the Entertainment Weekly article is, is I guess the production crew constantly tried to slip in a lot of yeah. Spielberg references mm-hmm. and I guess he was so attentive to you know the dailies where they rewatch everything mm-hmm. that he was able to pick them and then out all the time yeah right. I'm sure I mean a lot of this movie is you know CG obviously yeah so like you post-production you can like anything on like posters on the wall they could have done the, right. everything like Spielberg but I'm you know mm-hmm. so he probably yeah, nice kind of, I don't recall seeing Jaws in there. I don't recall seeing E.T. in there. And Jaws would have made perfect sense to be like yeah. in that car chase scene with, come up a lot. Yeah. with the T-Rex and King Kong are, and everything. Those are more like the 80s ones, though. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think he was really trying to push it more, yeah. skew it a little more towards the 90s. A little bit. Didn't see a Shawshank Redemption reference in there either. <laughs> no, uh... That was, that was Frank Darabont. Yeah. Man, you I'm, just keep on missing all the movies. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm just trying to yeah. see other Steven Spielberg. Well, we all know that great Steven Spielberg yeah. movie, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> There's no Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one's well, but that's also not a very '80s movie either. I'm surprised was... they didn't just like stick Tom Hanks's face in there, considering how many of. Spielberg's movies he's been okay, in. Okay, so speaking of faces, I was having a hard time with this one. So Ben M- Mendelsohn's avatar in the, the bad guy in mm-hmm. the VR world. Who Who is that guy? Evil Superman. That's oh. Evil Superman? Okay. I thought it was something else, but... No, Evil because Superman. Because I have no idea who it was. Is that I who it is in the book, that. too? Or? No. No, you know, so their avatars in the book are just mostly what you make it up. Like a, like a character creator in gotcha. any video yeah. game. So when you all do the VR world avatars, would you be more inclined to do one that more closely resembled to who you are, or would you do something that's something just different. totally totally different? different. I only play as women. Really? Yeah. It, so I play. I my World of Warcraft main character is a is male, but in general, in character creation game, like when you create a character for. Um, like Skyrim or uh, you know any of these other games where you have a lot of control over creating a character, I almost always go female as well. 
Really? If I'm going to be staring at something for 80 hours, I would rather it be a lady. That's just, that's, I think, wow. I, don't, I don't know why I do it exactly, but that is my Santa guess. always does that my, to you. I've never yeah. seen him not play a woman in a video. But Santa, are you, are you doing it for the same reasons that, that Cameron's yes, doing yes, it? what Cameron just said, yes. Okay. See, I, see, I would assume that butt? you guys have said that just because you wanted maybe people to underestimate you. So, like the eleven-year-old so kid. Many, Most so of these games are are single-player games and not the, they're not online. But even in World of Warcraft, about half the avatars yeah. are women. So, mm-hmm. most of I, the time, people assume I'm not a woman, so it works out. Do, what what what's your avatar? I I always play as a woman. Okay. Uh, I would I will generally play a man, but I don't like to do. I, I, if there's like a wizard man option, something that's like. You know, then, that kind of thing. That's when I would go for. And these other, like these fantasy games, usually there's different races, right? So like elves, dwarves, orcs. Yeah. 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 Santana always makes a beautiful woman. Yeah, I always make. It, yeah, I like making. <laughs> you you do make a beautiful woman, Santa. <laughs> so, cool. Um. So one thing I was thinking about is how, with you know, this movie came out, but I started thinking about all the other kind of like eighties related things that have come out like Stranger Things or even like rebooting uh, Stephen King's It. Sure. Um, rebooting Roseanne. Yeah. Good Lord, Which... Roseanne. <laughs> but like, are you guys kind of tired of that? Or are we getting near the end of the, the 80s love affair, you think? Or... I think we're getting near the end. Are, are you a little uh, tired of it? Well, so I'm a firm believer that things, everything comes back every 30 years so Cameron um, you and I I think wore a lot of uh, like you know tie-dye shirt and maybe what would be called 60s you know hippie culture and we did that in the 90s right Um, classic rock Grateful Dead hippies mm -hmm. 60s you know and in the odds the 70s was very big they even had on Fox that 70s show um, that, was, and, that was more '90s than aughts, wasn't it? Eh, no, it was aughts. Yeah. Was it? Wow. Okay, man. And then I, I'm just yeah. I, I could think of other examples. Yes, and in, yes. in the 2010s, there has definitely been this whole throwback to the '80s culture. Yeah. Uh, so I think as we end the 2010s and move to the 2020s, yes, I do think that '80s. I can always, will already move on. feel the '90s thing coming. Like, you do? People are talking about how um, you know. Scrunchies, Britney Spears. Well, like the grunge look is coming back, and yeah, the 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 nineties fetishization has always already begun. Like Tamagotchis or people, I've heard people talk about them. I have Furbies. seen so many uh, 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 people who have recently had ch- children, and they're dressing them up in Nirvana yeah. t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, right. The, yeah, the nineties were a great era. You know, in terms of like even you know. Politics and you know prosperity yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I think they're objectively the best decade if if, for, if you're a person living in America. I mean, the Cold War was over. You know, uh, you know our modern kind of global terrorist problem hadn't surfaced yet. Yeah, you know, that didn't come until 2000. Hello, the internet just that's yeah, really when it started good. coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it actually became a real thing yeah, became that was attainable. In lives. Yeah, uh, yeah, the 90s, like I'm. So happy I grew up in the 90s as a kid. It seems like objectively the best decade to be a kid in, you know? And when they do 
go back to that, I'll, I, I'm ready for it. Like I, yeah. <laughs> as much as I was uh, was a kid of the '80s, I was the '90s, especially when it comes to music and style yeah, and I mean, everything. Was the, those were our teen years, right? Yeah, yeah. like the, I have more. I think I have more nostalgia for the '80s because like I was a kid who like loved, like you know, without any kind of self awareness or reservation, loved Transformers and Ninja Turtles and the Ghostbusters and stuff like that. You know. There's like a different feeling for the stuff that was popular when you were a teenager, which was the 90s for us. You know? It's like the opposite for me, because like the 90s were when I was a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the 2000s, or the the noughts is when I started you know, becoming a teenager. And So next decade is going to be all the throwbacks that you yeah. like. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to in the, the throwbacks of the 90s? I want to see the, the and... emo throwback. <laughs> oh, really? The, I want to see it. I don't want to experience. That's what. That's, okay, okay. Like in the, in the, the 2030s. In the 2030s, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. Mm. Let's just have, hope we don't have a world world war by then. You know, that's this. This we're entering the danger zone in terms of a lot of sci-fi future history. Yeah. The 2030s are often when the World War Three nuclear holocaust happens. In movies that are set in like the 24th century, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every, every movie is like po- post-apocalyptic worlds, and then it's like, you know, when are we gonna re- actually get to that point? Right. right. Hopefully the, never. Yeah. In the 2030s, your kid will be. In the 2030s, my kid will be a teenager. Wow. Yeah. A perfect time to be yeah. the, the I YA did, I, star of a novel. I did the mental math as far you know this uh, Ready Player One was set in 2045. I'll be about 60 in 2045. So. Not too bad, you know. Mm. Sixty. I'll be sixty-five. Mm-hmm. Retirement age. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Except by then they'll jack it up to seventy-four or whatever. You know? I get yeah. you. Yeah. There won't even be anything to retire to, probably. Just. Yeah. Well, hopefully, that hopefully that's a virtual world I can retire to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I do think. Wouldn't that be kind of cool though? Because we could live wherever we wanted, and we could all just go hanging on the same beach. I yeah. I totally feel like by the time that happens. A, a, a thing like the always aces could definitely be a reality. I mean, we've got kind of. So, I mean, there's they're not large scale, but second life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's basically what. And World is. of Warcraft, you could do a lot of stuff in World of Warcraft that resembles the Oasis or a lot of these other conceptions. Like, there's trade skills. There's mm. bars. Your character can get drunk. And the, the big thing that was missing was the interface that actually affected you. Yeah. Or, you know, you're just but a the, character. The, the, in but not everybody that. even had that. Like, you, you had to be really VR. wealthy to have the suit to where you could actually feel everything. Exactly, yeah. You yeah. can say the internet itself is the oasis. Right. Yeah. But you can make it so that it's kind of interfaces more mm-hmm. with your other senses. If you, if you ascribe to the thoughts that science fiction is what actually informs... You know, predictions from sci-fi are what informs the things we actually build once we have the technology to build. Yeah, them. That's like, where ideas come like te- from. Yeah, like the tricorder and yeah. modern cell phones and all these different things mm-hmm. that very. You know, I think pre and post internet, the idea of a fully immersive three D world that you experience like viscerally with your own consciousness is so like consistent among multiple sci-fi. Uh, you know. Franchises. I, franchises that uh, if there if there's a if there is any technological way that to actually build it that is gonna get built mm-hmm. you know I mean it, why would you not want that you know so one thing that I was I was thinking about especially you know 
the main thing when it comes to the virtual reality thing is simply having the glasses on. Mm-hmm. So this total immersion of whatever. And there was a lot of people that, you know, poo-pooed stuff like, remember Google, Google Glass? Yeah. And, you know, wearing that and that was going to change your whole world. If you look at everybody that was doing this Oasis VR world thing, with the exception of IOI, which mm-hmm. was the whole slave labor thing, everybody was kind of doing it in private, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were just, you know, in a room by themselves in most cases. Um, I'm sure there was some exceptions, but I think the privacy element to it is, is kind of pretty important. And I think that's why something like Google Glass didn't really catch on because you're, you're publicly in in the real world yet you're trying to almost like still be in yeah. this kind of virtual and, that's and the, you look like a fool that's the alternate route google glasses augmented reality right whereas this is the virtual reality you know? there was one thing that's another big change when wade moved to columbus he bought a nice apartment but he never left it he had food delivered and he just stayed in the oasis 24 7 yeah. Mm. He wore a suit. He had like a, a fancy room that did everything he needed to do. And he just stayed there. Mm-hmm. I like how they, in the movie, they skirted over the whole peeing and pooping thing. Like, uh, I wonder how, <laughs> how, does that come up more directly in the book? I think they explain, like, he he does, like, take bathroom breaks and, like, accepts deliveries, for example. Because yeah. he has things delivered to him. Uh-huh. But he basically never leaves that room. And I think, you know, from our perspective now, we'd be like, that's horrifying. Yeah, that's, that's, a, dystopia. that's a little fucked up. They know, yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of... We're arguing from a perspective that lacks this immersive world, you know. If you're having rich experiences in that world, uh, you know, who's to say that this, this you know, quote-unquote real world is the best one when physics speculates that this may all be a simulation as well? So, in the end of the movie, <laughs> they, when he he and his friends took over the mm-hmm. Oasis yeah. and whatnot. They said every, what, Tuesdays and Thursdays that mm-hmm. they, shut they, they shut it down. Yeah. Did that happen in the book? I don't remember. Um, I meant to bring it with me so I could check stuff like that. Well, but I, but, but how, how, how the... That has real precedent in online games. Okay. World of Warcraft shuts down every Tuesday. Oh, does it? Yeah, like for a couple for, hours for, a few, for site maintenance. Yeah. Not not okay, but yeah. see that's see that's totally different. I don't. But it's, it serves a dual purpose for sure. Like they could have probably eliminated that a lot sooner than they did. Right. I don't think they shut it down because, like I said, people. That's how people go to school is they go in the Oasis. Right. And like, you can't just like shut down. I just don't think like that would happen in the real life. Like, I mean, there. No. If all of a sudden somebody, because we said, you know, what Sam was just saying a few minutes ago, the Oasis, you know, might as well just be the internet, right? Yeah. And what yeah. if all of a sudden somebody just said, well, guess what? On Wednesdays we shut this shit down. Yeah. Well, also, and- <laughs> like, the real world matters a little less in the book. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, they don't actually meet it, in the real world. It doesn't matter at all in the, in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it they, really, really didn't. They still met with each other, though. On... I mean, once you have that tactile suit that operates your junk, it really doesn't matter whether you're in the real world <laughs> or the virtual world. Well said. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the only time the real world element even, I thought, really came into place was when the police arrested the guy. And even yeah. that, I was just like... And that, that was totally yeah. That, I, like, like you totally police, screwed that up. Yeah. Where were you guys that the the, the, yeah. whole, the whole rest of the movie? Yeah. There's what, been what about when they blew up the whole yeah. freaking house? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. The end of that movie just sort of was a slapdash 
piece of work. It was a little rough at the ending. That well, was it, definitely it was my takeaway ending. note on the yeah, ending. Yeah. Like, like, the yeah. Happy ending's fine. Yeah. Uh, I was even they... fine with the whole, this is what we did when we had yeah. the wealth, but just the way it just ended I feel like the if the four of us just... workshopped the plot elements of the ending of that movie for a half hour, we could have come up with better, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with a little bit more concise. You hear that? I actually feel like... You hear that, Hollywood? You hear that? Hire us now. Yeah. <laughs> you, sh- you should have probably made the third clue the first one, make the second clue the last one, and and whatever, come the, up with something even better for the second clue. The third clue was something super dumb, like... In the book? In the book, yeah. yeah. It had something to do with Rush. Oh, God. The band? 2112. Yeah, there was, there was Rush yeah. posters that I saw. And they, they, they had... They, they had, had like, to do something like place a guitar somewhere... You had to play Rush Guitar Hero perfectly or oh something. Oh my god, that would be a challenge. <laughs> was like, I was kind of disappointed that they, I guess Spielberg didn't want to have anything with E.T. of this merch. That's like, I, I think they really wanted to make this 90s. Mm-hmm. The, he made a big point of that. There was right. a, an Atari game, E.T. Yeah. Was, like, there was a whole documentary about how bad it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that would have been like the perfect Easter egg at the end. Him actually play that game. I don't think I totally, I totally, totally agree because the adventure game, I I, I recognize, and I'm I'm taking it for a word that that was the first game with an Easter egg where they had, you you go to the thing, you know the guy's name, but absolutely Santa, having them play the E.T. game would have been so much more funny. They didn't at least reference it. It didn't have to be the game yeah, that was the end. When but. they started like trying to guess the game, Santa leaned over and was like, they should play the E.T. game. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, inst- you know, every time they got it wrong, they fell through the, floor, the have, hole in the ice. Have you seen that documentary, Cameron? No, I'm aware of the oh, game, though. Oh, it's, it's great. Really? Uh, because, I mean, th- for the longest time, right, Santa, the whole idea it was... was buried. It was buried in a desert, but p- nobody believed that, right? <laughs> like, nobody believed, like... Okay, you couldn't get rid of the game, so you decided to dig a hole out in the desert, make your own landfill, and build it. Mm-hmm. So after doing like all of this research, they they narrowed into a you know a relatively constrained area in the desert, and they started excavating, and they finally found. Was the, it just like shitloads of the game? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I did know that I did know because the the movie was so popular, they produced vast quantities of it thinking it was going to be he made success. the game in like 40 days or something yeah like they that. they totally rushed it yeah, yeah. they based it off of like cloak and dagger or some other mm-hmm. atari game they basically you know use that engine yeah and then they slapped on you know et shitty graphics shit, yeah. yeah i mean i've never played that it's game but, but it's historically yeah it's historically known as the worst you know yeah. video game we're just not not just as far as gameplay, but just launch and everything. Yeah, garbage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, it was in this moment. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, what would and funny? It would have been a little too referency, maybe for the general audience. Like they kept falling through the ice every time they got it wrong. Yeah. It, they picked the, yeah. the E.T. game and like that person gets like launched across a room or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, that's double wrong. No. That, maybe that, Spielberg put his foot down and was like, that I'm, doesn't yeah. exist. Well, yeah, you yeah. don't want to We're not talking the about that. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't like it when it came out because they yeah. just tried to capitalize on his good movie, you know? Mm. Alright, well, are we ready to, to give our ratings or did you have anything else? I think I'm ready to, to give a rating. Alright, I will... Go ahead, if everybody else is ready. By all means. Um, so, I can't remember if we did a scale of 1 to 4 or 1 to 5. We one did to 1 to 5. 1 to 5? Okay. So, I'm going to go a 3.2. Um, 
I I will definitely watch it again. Um, I I definitely don't think it was the best Steven Spielberg movie. I think the biggest reason why I enjoyed it was the throwback stuff. Uh, it was a strong um, hour and a half, and then the last 30 minutes was very weak for me. So that's why I'm going to go 3.2. Cameron? Um, I'm pretty much right there with you. I was going to go 3.5. Kind of for the same reasons. I mean, it was super fun. Uh, I enjoy with all the reboots and remakes. You know, this is a you know gripe we've harped on a long time. But I enjoy any time it's a new story, and I like actually don't know what's going to happen. Um, the ending fell out. You know, kind of went off the rails. If if the ending had been as good as the rest of the movie, it would have been over a four for me. So three and a half is mine. Santa. I'm going uh, 3.14. <laughs> 3.14. 3.14159? Yes. Uh, All those things. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, I enjoyed, yeah, I mean, I definitely liked the movie. It was enjoyable. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll see it again at home where I can pause it and, you know. Search yeah, for Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah, and things like that. This, the yeah. extra features or whatever you call it would actually be probably good in this movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I think so, it. too. Well, yeah, I, I definitely yeah, yeah. would be really curious about seeing the making this, of this movie. This might actually be a good movie to get on, like, to, per, you know, we don't buy that many movies on DVD. No. This yeah. might be one I might consider based on what I think might the special. Special features mm-hmm. or yeah. deleted scenes or anything like that. So. Yeah, deleted scenes would be really interesting just mm-hmm. to see you know, what their other ideas were that didn't make it all the way through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Nicole, wrap us uh, up on I'm, the rating. I'm going to go with you, Matt. I think it's a 3-2. Um, I think this is one of those rare instances where it's a better movie than it is a book. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. Because you, you, you seem to... Just like The Godfather. It's, like, it's, it's a fun book. Yes. Yeah, um, you seem to really like the book, so I mean, for you I, to even say you like the movie more. It's, it's it's a very easy book to read. It's very enjoyable and fast and quick. There there's a lot that's wrong with it. There's a lot you can criticize about it. There's a lot people have to say about it. But in the end, it's like a fun book, and it makes an even more fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. a good rating. Yeah, indeed. So I think this was a, a fairly honest rating of a yeah. of a more than decent movie. Yeah. But next, uh, I liked it better than ne- uh, Next, we get to see Rampage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So, ne- so no. I'm gonna go Did you see how excited she was, Santa? She is so excited. I for will Rampage. be Miss seeing. Me with that I will be seeing Rampage, but that's just because I love my husband. It's a good reason. <laughs> and I don't want him to see a movie by, him, by himself. And Santa loves The Rock. Yes. Yeah, Who doesn't love The Rock? Santa mm. goes to most. I would. I would probably vote for The Rock for political office. So I mean. Would you vote? For, who would you rather vote for, The Rock? The Rock or Dwayne Johnson? Uh, Dwayne Johnson, probably. Yeah. No, no, the no. Dwayne. The Rock or Oprah? Uh, I would actually uh, have to hear what their political platform is. <laughs> I like yeah. how I heard like a collective intake. Uh, of that. Yeah. <laughs> Not see where I was going with. Uh, no, I think you're referring to the Avengers: Infinity War. Yes, that's the next big movie I'm excited about. Which though. was initially supposed to come out May the fourth, but they have moved it up a whole week now. Mm-hmm. May April twenty seventh. Do we have tickets uh, yet? We do you have tickets? tickets. <laughs> yeah, I owe you for the Ready Player yeah, One tickets. Yeah, we we actually need to sell up a little bit. We have yeah. I, I owe you some money from the Final Four weekend. Oh right, yeah. Let's all trade cash. Yeah. <laughs> How about we sure wrap the podcast. up the podcast <laughs> and disperse some money? 
Um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, until next time, Avengers Affinity War, get ready for it, get hyped, and we'll see you soon, or talk to you soon, or you'll listen to us soon. All those things, in the virtual reality world and the real world. I'll also release the, uh, the Marvel bracket if you guys want to do your own. Oh great, okay. yeah, so we'll post that on the website, and, uh, well not the website, our Twitter, Twitter. account, and, uh, and we'll... We'll, we'll get some uh, some feedback, hopefully, from it. I know uh, Mrs. Tyler definitely got some feedback for some of the picks that she had on the Tyler Kai records that were a little controversial. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. So, so check us out, at Guy Girl Santa, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. We